Back to the protectors. I'm here with Jess Flores. What's going on? Hey, man. Long day, but I'm here. <laughs> it has been a long day. Definitely. But the cool thing is we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart because I'm I'm retiring this week. I'll be making Kudos. that next shift, as you yes. want to call it. <laughs> so let's talk about a little bit about the next shift, which is really cool. I love this concept of, you know, not everybody gets into law enforcement for a career and not everybody stays past four, five, six, seven, eight years. And some of them that do, even when they do retire, they have to get another job. They have to transition and it's tough. Yeah. So where did you come up with the concept from? Um, I'll give you the short and condensed version of this. So as a baby 21 year old, I joined law enforcement and th- thought it was going to be my lifelong career. Well, until I was 55, that's when I would have to retire. And um, fast forward 10 years, I had an injury to my gun hand that allowed me not to grab suspects like I needed to or pull my weapon like I needed to. Um, I had a surgery that was supposed to fix it and it did not. So 10 years in with a whole lot of work life left, I had to leave the one career I thought I'd always have um, without a backup plan, without knowing what was coming next, without resources to kind of guide me as to what was next. Um, So yeah, I kind of got forced into taking whatever jobs I could get, um, not understanding how to take the skills I had from law enforcement. Um, and the 10 years I did, you know, I was a patrolman, I was a detective, I was a sergeant, and I didn't even know how to translate that. I clearly knew I had skills and I clearly knew I could manage people. I clearly knew I could do several things, but I didn't know how to put it on paper. And I didn't have that piece of paper that said I could study really well and I could take tests really well and get a college degree. Um, as a backup plan, I had nothing. So after years of just whatever jobs came my way, I was like, I have got to do something different. I had joined some direct sales company that, that opened my eyes to the idea of entrepreneurship, which was new as a cop. I was not a dreamer. (laughs) I thought this is is my life and this is what it's going to be. I didn't think big. I didn't think about vacations. I didn't think about time off. I didn't think outside anything of law enforcement, which was bad on me. I didn't have any anything I did outside of law enforcement. It was just kind of, I work here. I date here. <laughs> I, I hang out with cops. Like it was all I did. And so my identity had truly been lost in that, in that career. And then when I joined a direct sales company and then the next one, I was like, wow, people can literally create the life they want to live. And they can pivot at any time they want and they can do all of these things and still serve other people. Wow, this is something. And then a couple years into that, about three years into that, four years, I was like, I'm tired of hiding behind a brand, somebody else's brand, somebody else's product. I have a bigger message. I have a bigger story. I have something more to offer than these products or whatever it might be. And the idea for Next Shift came to me at lunch when I was telling a friend, I'm stuck. I hate my job. I don't know what to do. People keep telling me to life coach. I don't even know what to, like what that means. I don't even know who I would talk to. Direct sales has been all these women, but that still doesn't feel right. And she said, I have a friend that's a CEO transition coach. And I just kind of looked at her like, what the hell is that? And she told me a CEO doesn't know how to not be a CEO when they're done being a CEO. And I was like, light bulb, holy shit. Stop. 
for a second and I got my phone out. I was like, I'm so sorry to be rude, but I can help ex-cops. Ex-cops that transitioned out of this field, especially those of us who lost it far before we expected to lose our career and just help with that transition, whether it's getting the new job, whether it's the mindset piece and getting through those grief stages. We don't want to admit our grief stages, but they are um, and get you through that hump um, and give you some sort of resources and things you can lean into that I did not have and make that transition a whole lot smoother than these six years it took me to accept. You said a lot of things that I keyed up on (laughs) a lot. I'm like, well, for one, you know, the no backup plan and who thinks about it, you know, especially when it comes to injuries and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you can get an insurance, you can get on a job stuff, but it's not gonna be able to pay the bills. Yep. And it's not, it's not a good backup plan. Yep. You really do have to start thinking like, Hey, you know what, even if, what if you just don't like the job after five or six years, maybe, and I would tell people like, if you're getting into law enforcement, you don't have to look at it as a career. Yeah, You could look at it as four or five years, like a military tour. You're still giving back. You're still committing your time to service. But what is your backup plan? What is what is your plan after that? Because, yep. you know, let's say you join you're 21, 22 or 20 and you're 25 and you're like, I want to do something else. Yeah. Even the people that have a child in the middle of that, your your perspective, I don't have one, but their perspective changes a whole lot on what's what's a priority and what's not and what they're willing to do and what they're not. And I will give credit to my very first training officer who said, do not build your life based on the off duty you can make in this job. Because if you get hurt or one day it's gone, you were screwed. And thankfully I did not do that because one day it was gone and I didn't expect that. Uh, How, like what happened? Was it like just an on a job injury? And then all of a sudden you're like, boom, we could never prove it was actually created on duty. It was Uh, just some weird wrist injury. And I do think it was from being a detective and writing far more than I'd ever written in my career and typing all day, every day. Um, But as I started fishing with my dad on the weekends, because I finally had weekends off, that clearly isn't ideal for your wrist either. I had that surgery that they said, it's just a tendon. We'll get it back in its sheath and you're going to be good to go. And and the surgery did not go as planned. The rehab did not go as planned. And to this day, I can sometimes use it, but most often it feels like a swollen sausage in there. So it, it gets really aggravated really quick doing anything. Yeah, you know... That is just so many people I know have gotten injuries and just, you know, just being on the job, you can get injuries, whether it's wearing your pistol belt all day long and your back goes out, stress, you know, about mental stress, uh, PTSD, everything. And something might just push you into like, you know what, maybe this isn't the career I want for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I finally decided to get it looked at. I had gotten promoted to sergeant. So back to midnights, I went on the road from the detective unit. And I was ripping a brace off of my hand on the way to every call so that nobody would see it or know that something was wrong. Um, after a foot chase, when I fell on it, I was like, okay, yeah, like I've, I've got to get this looked at. I cannot keep pushing it. It's been two, two and a half years at this point. I can't keep pushing it off. There's too many factors and safety being the biggest one that I just can't keep going unless I'm cleared. No, absolutely. So you got into the sales and a lot of people don't realize like you learn a lot from sales and one of it is talking to normal people. <laughs> and getting rid of quote unquote cop talk. So yeah. it's kind of cool to get into, the, you know, sales is a great thing, you know, plus you're, you're making money and you're learning how to talk to people. Yep. If you want to talk about a backup plan, having some type of side hustle that's making you money on the side, whether it's your own thing, whether it's through another company, because you already use their products, make some freaking money on the side. 
do it. Get that network and get it started. Absolutely. And the other thing is like entrepreneurship start, you know what you, you, when I both mentioned this, you mentioned it before I did, but it was in my mind is the imposter syndrome. Like when you get into these, when you come from a service background, it's tough to ask people for money for service. You're so used to giving it out there and putting your life on a line as part of service. I mean, you're getting paid for it, but you're not asking the general public saying, Hey, do this, but you are providing a service. Yep. So you shouldn't be paid commensurate with it. Is yep. that a word commensurate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big words. Time for money is one thing that it's one thing we don't really think about. And as a cop, it's like none of us did that to get rich by any means. So I'm not out here trying to make a million dollars a year. I'm not out here trying to do anything. I'm still trying to provide a service, but also get paid for the time I'm putting into it and pouring into these people, whether it's an individual one-on-one client or a group program that I'm running, I'm taking time out of my day to do that for you. And I think I don't go to Kohl's and ask them why they're charging me for whatever I need there. It's funny. Cause like you get into the podcast world and people are like, well, how much are you charging to have guests on? I'm like, no, it doesn't <laughs> work that way. <laughs> I'm like, what you do is you build a network. Yes. And that's the thing about doing podcasts. That's the thing about talking to people. And that's like sales. Yep. So you don't always have to charge people for money, but you have to build your network and they might be able to put you in contact with other people. Yep. You know, my coach, my business coach said something that was great. You're always one introduction away from a new life. You never know who that one connection is going to, that you're going to meet. And you could have this idea, you tell this one person and, oh my gosh, they have a company that does that. Or they have a connection that's looking for someone like you to do something. And it's just, it's just incredible. So coming up with this concept and now you're actually getting into it, did you have to do any training or this is coming from like mentorship? Mentorship is like huge. I think you get more from mentoring than you do a lot of times of paying for some sort of training. Yeah. And it's weird because I actually on my Instagram have mindset mentor because I, I feel like I'm more of a mentor than a coach, if you will. Um, but I didn't have anything minus the direct sales kind of getting a network going and how to talk to people, how to market, how to do these things. But then it's like, Oh crap, imposter syndrome. This is my own thing. I don't really have guidance here. Nobody's done this. Like I, I don't know what this looks like, but being willing to show up and being willing to try different things. And then I did take a business class we won't talk about it because it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the things I did learn were the things I don't want to do in the courses I'm creating and the programs I'm creating and the way that I um, coach and talk to other people. Um, so that was a huge plus because that wasn't something I knew beforehand. Um, so I did learn a lot, <laughs> not as much as I wanted to, but it's just something that I came up with the idea. I came up with the logos. I came up with the market research. I just thought, I needed an expert who had built businesses to teach me how to do something that I was already doing. And through the courses I learned, well, okay, I was already doing that. That's cool. I just need to learn how to refine this or that. So what is next? Are you building social? I mean, you're building social media. I see that, which is awesome. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's kind of like you have to do it. You have to have some sort of social it's marketing one-on-one. A lot of people are like, Oh, I'm not on this. I'm not on that. But the problem is, if you're building a business, especially something like this, you kind of have to have your proof of concept out there. People have to know what they're getting into and they kind of have to know who you are. Yeah. And if you don't have that presence, then they're not going to have any clue who you are. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, know, like, and trust is huge. And again, that, that's things I learned from direct sales. So it wasn't like I was a very beginner, but talking to this specific audience terrifies the crap out of me. <laughs> it's a group that I used to work alongside, but I've never talked to. I've never had to help them. I've never had to. Um, I actually spent seven years running away from them, if I'm being honest, to get yeah. myself as far away from and not torment myself of why I can't be a part of this anymore. Um, so to get back in that and build a whole new network over here, that's far different from makeup and skincare people is <laughs> very, very odd to me. And it's, it's um, slow. And I get that. I actually launched a program and it was a silent launch, which I was pretty confident it was going to be because I was brand new at offering up this idea. I was brand new at putting it out there. I had not built a network before I got something, but this group coaching program I was in said, this is what we're going to do. This is how you do it. Get the first one out of the way. Um, and some of the advice they said is if you knew your fourth launch was going to be the one that takes you there, how, how long would you wait to do those first three and get to that fourth one? And I was like, you know what? Let me just put it out there. Let me just see what it's even like. What does it feel like? What are people saying? What are people thinking? And then when it went silent and I kind of, like I said, expected it, I said, you know what? Let me focus on getting my name out there. Let me focus on talking to podcasters and their audiences. Let me focus on building my content. Let me focus on building my social media and relationships and gathering even more intel from people. What is actually needed? Because when I started Next Shift LLC, the idea was just to help those who lost their career. Yeah. Um, not those who got to retire because they got a full career out of this. Their emotions are going to be completely different. It's not something I've been through. They got to prepare for that with resources. When it's taken from you, you don't get any of that. Um, so I wanted to be there for those people, but I'm just seeing a much greater need for people wanting to get out and feeling stuck with the I'm just a cop mindset and they can't do anything else in their, in their mind. That's what they're telling themselves. And I know that that is so far from the truth that I want to be able to help those people as well. So next shift can help those with that mindset and those who are out and just pissed off at the world because their career got taken. You mentioned a really good word and I love this word pivot. <laughs> That's like my favorite word. My next book, I actually want to name it like pivot navigating life's roadblocks and detours Love it because we're always pivoting. And a lot of people are like, I always say pivoting like, so marching and everywhere, you're always pivoting on your right or left. You're moving yep. and you're, you're transitioning into different things. Yep. You're taking a different direction. Yeah. Building that one at work, man, going back to that is tough. <laughs> yeah. And finding, and the other thing is out there is there's a lot of grifters. There are so many grifters. With the advent of social media, you know kind of what you're getting in the beginning. You're like, <laughs> ah, you know, this person out there. And then you start seeing it. And now you're seeing the grift. You know, I've seen a lot of these grifters out there and nobody's coming up with statistics and facts. And that's what I like about you reaching out to other people and getting statistics and facts. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the first things I did was a market research form. I didn't know that's what it was at the time I created it. That's a new term to me, but it was a form just asking basic questions. How long were you in? How long have you been out? What did you struggle with at the beginning? Are you transitioned now? Do you feel like you've adapted to real life, if you will? Um, and then uh, it's adapted over time as more people answered because they would answer. And I'm like, ooh, that's a good question. I'd like to know that from more people. Um, and that's something in one of the links in my link tree on LinkedIn or, or Instagram that I love getting the feedback. I love knowing, one, that I wasn't alone in how I felt. <laughs> Everybody needs that. And two, like, wow, that is something I would have never thought of as a feeling or a thought or like a struggle that somebody had. 
the thing too is you don't really, so you learn all this stuff and you just assume that everybody else learns it. Like me, I know how to do this and that and everything, but it's been 30 years, but, but you assume that everybody has the same experience. You, you assume that, Hey, what am I bringing to the table? But with you doing the research, with you getting the experience, you do have a, a step up above them and you can give them a hand up. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about, you know, having that. And you should be compensated for it. I, it's so hard for me. I, I still can't get over. Like, to me, it's so hard, especially coming from this world where when you do see the grifters out there, they are really getting compensated for whatever BS they're, they're pushing out there. Yeah. Right. And that's one thing I like to reiterate, too, is I have been there. I'm not some counselor. I'm not some therapist. I am not here for those issues. And if I hear you talk about those issues, we're going to direct you where you need to go. But I am someone who has been there, done that. When I look at issues I have and people I want to help me with those issues, I want someone who's been there, done that. I don't want someone giving me their perspective of, well, you've never been through this. You don't know what I'm going through. Like, I, I'm not paying you for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, especially with this field in particular and the things we do and the things we see and the, the things we go through when it's not there anymore. It's just, I'd rather have somebody that's been there, done that. Yeah, absolutely. And a cool thing about doing your research and doing your contacts, doing podcasts and doing this and doing that and building your network is you're learning. But then when you have to find out something else, you could reach out to your network. So with the people coming to you and going to the next shift, they're going to be like, okay, well, not only do I get this coaching and stuff, but then I'm also getting Jess's network. Yeah, absolutely. And networks sometimes lead the jobs and they leave the sales. They leave the entrepreneurship. They, they may lead to you getting back into the government or someone else getting back into the government or doing something else along those lines. You don't have to be in law enforcement. Maybe you get a job doing something else within the government. Yep. And I will tell you, it was, I think it was a saving grace that I wasn't able to get the jobs I thought I wanted when I first got out. I was forced to go into the real world, if you will, and get so many different types of jobs and learn so many different skills and have things pulled out of me that now that I'm back as a civilian at a police department, I can utilize those skills and those mindsets and those perspective shifts. And I can see the flaws in the departments and be able to just help with those different perspectives and mind shifts that I've gotten. I think this is awesome. So what else you got going on? Um, Well, to expand on next shift, because I know I keep getting caught up and it's just for law enforcement, but spouses of law enforcement, huge. Um, Mm -hmm. Now that I am one, (laughs) I hate it. But now that I am one, um, I can see how hard that is for people. I mean, I saw it in friends and I saw it in family that were not prior law enforcement. So they have a different perspective, but they're often, I don't want to say forgot about, but there's a disconnect in some way. Um, I don't get to hear certain things or they don't get to hear certain things or they heard a version of certain things. We come home from a shift and we're so either irritated or just done dealing with people's freaking problems. We don't want to deal with our own things at home and we don't know how to communicate. Like I need 30 minutes when I get home to just go downstairs and like be by myself and you go do, 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 whatever. Um, we don't communicate a lot of those things very well a lot of the time. So I want part of Next Shift to be whether it is its own separate coaching, whether it is part of a module of the coaching program I'm creating. Um, I want them included. I want there to be a resource for spouses and a community built for them as well. And then big picture, because that's just how my brain works, is all first responders are going to be included at some point. I'm starting with cops because that's what I know. 
Um, but I want dispatchers in there. They see a whole nother side of this field that bless their hearts. It's not one I want to be a part of, but them, fire, EMS, we have hearts that, uh, that need caring to when it's not here anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this so reminds me of like, they, you know, coming from a military background as well, you know, you have the career transition programs and everything like that, transition assistant programs, yeah. but none of them really, they're, for one, they can't touch on everybody. They can't get everybody into like the certain thing. They can, it's kind of like a one-shop stop yeah. or one-stop shop. And, but the other thing too, is like the spouses. When you brought up that, it's like, it's almost like the same thing. You're dealing with the stresses. Mm-hmm. Spouses want jobs too. Mm-hmm. You know, they want guidance as well. And when you talk about the EMT world, everybody's hurting for resources now and everybody might be looking for another, another path out, another pivot. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one thing, a lot of people have told me I should stop my direct sales side gigs and focus solely on next shift, which is tempting, but those are what's giving me extra money right now and allowing me not only to keep doing what I'm doing and building next shift, but it's, it's resources. Mm-hmm. Those, those spouses that are sitting at home worried every night because their spouse is out there. I had to do something for myself and give myself something else to do, something else to think about, somebody else to serve while he's at work every night so that I don't just sit here and worry or see the news and be like, ah, shit, something's happened. Like, is he okay? Because who wants to live their life like that? Not me. I would rather be out there creating a positive impact. And if I can share those resources with other people and give them that opportunity, and it only financially benefits their family. Again, we didn't get a cop work to be rich. Every little bit helps. So Mm -hmm. why not not? build your network, build your team, build your whatever. And there's nothing wrong with side hustles. Believe me, I know I'm podcasting. I'm (laughs) protectors foundation i'm this i'm that i'm teaching college and does anything it pay some of it pays but uh a lot of it is is not just even if you don't want to get a fiscal thing out of it learn learn the learning and the fulfillment that comes from it it's it's just priceless love it well jess you're also doing lives yeah (laughs) so how's that going i mean it's tough building an audience with it but it does get content out there and it does kind of give people an idea who you are Yeah. So that's kind of a new thing I came up with. I don't even remember when. I feel like it's been a few weeks now, but um, the way my brain works, I've always got something new to try, (laughs) something new to do. Um, But I was like, okay, I built this next shift page. And of course, people are hearing my stories. That's great. But people are only going to relate to certain parts of my story or maybe not my story at all. They need to hear the stories of others who have gotten out and one, see what's possible out there, how they got out, how they dealt with the transition how they dealt with the struggles, um, what are the changes they've seen in themselves. Uh, So I decided, well, I'm just going to throw this idea out there. And man, I put it out on LinkedIn, which I didn't even use before. I don't think (laughs) January. And I wouldn't say it's blown up, but I mean, I've gotten a lot of grip there and a lot of people willing to share their story, which is great because now I can come over to Instagram and I can do a quick little eh, 20, 25 minute interview with Mm -hmm. someone and whether someone saw a part of themselves in my story, now, now they see it in Jason's story, or they see it in Catherine's story, or they see it in someone's story. And they're like, okay, I got this. I can do this. And if that one little shred of hope is what it takes to get you to that next level, that next shift, I'm here for it. I love having that hope. You have to. Yeah. You need, I actually you have got to- a shirt that says hope dealer on it because it's what I feel like I've um, since getting out of a dreary, <laughs> bad world. Oh gosh, I love it. Well, Jess, I appreciate you coming on. Where can everybody find you? Um, so LinkedIn, 
what is it? Jessica Reed Flores on there. I was like, I got to even think about what my names are um, on Instagram, which is where I typically hang out. There's underscore next shift underscore is the more mindset police transition type stuff. If you want to see the shit show of a journey I've been on for five years <laughs> trying to learn things, um, the underscore Jess Flores is my personal page over there. Okay. Awesome. Well, Jess, I appreciate you coming on the show. We will definitely have you back on. I appreciate you having me very much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks.